Alright guys, it's Nur Prasad with Exchange Podcast number 16. We got Q&A today. Who's next? Oh yeah, next we have uh, our boys. That's going to be a good one. That's right, it's coming up be, Friday. Coming up Friday. It's going to be really good. What do you got, Dylan? So today's questions have to do with clients and client management. All right. Coming in from Matthew, first off, having a powerful personal brand will bring you clients for life. Agree or disagree? I agree. Look at Coca-Cola. Look at uh, Dove. Dove. Uh, I said this on one of my podcasts where I didn't know uh, toothpaste was called toothpaste. I thought it was called Colgate. Mm-hmm. Right? Past Colgate. Past Colgate. Right? Where's Colgate? So, yeah, I think, I think brand is very important and... Uh, uh, I think a lot of people buy based on brand. If you don't believe it, look at the shoes you're wearing. Nike, for my age group, is so important. Yeah. Right? It, it wasn't even... When when, uh, when we were a child, it wasn't a big brand. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, Jordan came out. And, and next thing you know, Nike was huge. And then for the next, like, even me today, I go and, and I look at shoes and I look at Nikes first. And if they're comfortable and they're, you know, within the price I want to pay... Which is, uh, I, I like to buy shoes at one digit, not uh, not two digits. Three digits to me is just straight up crazy, right? But uh, one is very hard to find now. <laughs> Next to impossible. But I always look at Nike and then I go from there. Uh, brand is very important to me. Once you establish a brand and people are coming to you for that brand, what's that step? How do you maintain the... the Keep doing the same thing you've been doing, yeah. building that brand. Don't ever... Don't ever stop. Yeah. Right, Budweiser doesn't stop. Mm. Uh, for me, like I was actually looking at the top five brands for over the last fifty years, and uh, it was Pepsi, it was uh, a couple other ones, right? And I was shocked that Budweiser wasn't there. Mm. They, I think their commercials are unbelievable. I forget the commercials the last two, three years. I'm talking last like twenty, thirty years. I think they always had great commercials. But same thing with them. They, well, they, they spend on on. Uh, <clears throat> not selling. They spend the money on branding. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Buy this beer. No, it's not buy this beer. Here, you know, we're at this game. How important is this game to you? Right? Or there's a um, a kid throwing a baseball to his mom or dad. Right? It, it, it hits the heart. And you want to just go running down to the bar and picking up some Budweiser's or to the to the uh, liquor store or whatever. But some people, if they like that, if they like beer. Mm-hmm. Next question from Adam. Hey, you're drooling, man. <laughs> <laughs> Clients that sell products that go against your own ethics, still work with them or turn them away? I turn them away. Now. Mm. Now. <laughs> I, I should say that. Yeah. In the beginning, no, I didn't because, uh, you know, to have a company, to make it run, it, it all comes down with money. So in the beginning, I'll do just about anything. But uh, after a while, then you just kind of realize. Maybe don't say that. Why? Just about be it. honest. Just be honest, man. Well, within within reason, no, not no, illegal, that's I, that's right? That's what I'm saying. But like with, clarification. Within uh, within reason, right? And, and you know, if I, if I gotta go, you know, take somebody out for the money, no, hell no, I'm not gonna do that. But if I, you know, if I'm dealing with somebody that I don't really want to deal with, and you know, in the beginning, I would take those clients on yeah. because to me, it was uh, it, it was making the dollars. Yeah. And then after a while, now now with, with the dollars coming in, I don't need to reach out or, or 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 take their business i just turned it down but yeah in the beginning that's that's what i did if to, for me to go back would i do that no not today yeah but i just 
Didn't know. I think everyone kind of does that at the beginning. And, you know, you're trying to... I remember I, when I was like 16, 17, and I was doing a video for a guy. And we were driving somewhere, and he went through the McDonald's drive through like on the way to the gig. Just took all of his garbage and threw it out the window as he was, as he was driving through. I remember that being like... I, you know, as a teenager going, fuck, like, I got to work for this guy. It's like, well, you're getting the money, but it's, you know, now I would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, right? I, but I, it's funny. It's, it's I just got friends doing the same thing when we're in our, tw- like, in our mid to late 20s. Yeah. Right? They just go somewhere and they just, like, leave. Like, what the And that's hell, not a horrible man? thing. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think that's a horrible thing. thing man. Yeah, I do too. But it's not like, you know, I'm sure there's some horror stories for other clients, from other people that have. You know, clients. I used to do this. I used to, like, when I was younger, you know, rapper chuck it mm. and then for me it's like every time i throw something i come back to my my, my house well my parents house and there's i throw one and there's two things in my parents and then i have to pick them both up i'm like and then next time next day the same thing right and i come back home it's two things i'm like this is a lesson i'm not gonna throw like i'm gonna start throwing this stuff now so i start throwing the garbage nothing mm funny eh? right yeah it's funny either someone was looking someone out the looking, window and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that was just like another two steps and like you know i got something in my hand i got dumping and there's no garbage you know i'm not gonna leave it somewhere i'm gonna put my pocket i'm gonna hold it until i, I get somewhere yeah. and just throw it away yeah it's a weird microcosm of i think what we're talking about but yeah mm-hmm. from morrowing 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 uh, Gary Vee said in an interview that he has never done a thing for his clients himself, never set up a marketing campaign or anything. His brother did that. His brother did that for their first client ever. So how do you think he was able to build a two hundred million dollar agency from scratch? He had a team, right? His his brother was doing the work there. His brother, remember, his brother was half partner. He was out there mm-hmm. working on on his uh, his dad's company, right? So it's hey, look, if, if I'm not in the office and I get Dylan to go and make a sale. That's fine. I got nothing wrong with that. It's just it was just leveraging his partner to, to do it, mm-hmm. uh, right? There's there's nothing wrong. Like you don't necessarily look, guys. If your experience is not in sales and it's in product development or it's in uh, coding or or uh, building, hire a salesperson to do that. The sales part of it, right? And you can just you know do your side, do the operation side, do the product development side. And get somebody else to go and do it. They didn't build a company for you. You know, you you put them in place. Mm-hmm. That's that's a leader's job is to uh, um, is to give them enough. Look, well, lead them and give them enough uh, confidence that they can go out and do this themselves. So he led. He led. He, short form he led. Yeah, he sure. Led he was them. on the phone for, with his brother all day long. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this is a challenge. What can I do? Man? I like it. From Nathan. I create promo intro videos for clients and the big question is always pricing. I do artwork, my own music, voiceover and content creation as well. However, my pricing varies based upon the client's needs. I have received a lot of pushback in regards to my pricing, but I refuse to compete with companies out there like Fiverr. I encourage them to go there if they prefer to. I would also do marketing, but that's another price point. My question is, how do you overcome pricing pushback from potential clients? I would look at companies that can afford you, right? So for us, on one of our businesses, is we're uh, we're going after clients that have revenues anywhere between revenues, not income, revenues of between five to ten million, because we know that they can uh, uh, afford our business, right? And being the business I'm in, I get to look at a lot of financial statements, so we know who those companies are, and we target them. 
Now we know most of these guys are, they can afford our, our service. And then if there's a pushback, then I automatically say like, what do you think we're worth? Mm. And most of the time, it's not a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, I quoted 10 grand. What do you think? I don't know. Like, could you do 8,500? Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? If that if that pays all the bills and everything else, would I? So I always want to know what they what they come back with. And you know, it's usually nothing. You know, nothing crazy. Yeah. You know, sometimes eighty five hundred, sometimes ninety five hundred, sometimes just. You know, one thing I realized, and also in the mortgage business too, because you know, with certain clients of of ours, we have to charge, and they just want to negotiate, knowing that they got the best price, right? Like yesterday. Yeah. Right. They just because it's just in them. Like we, I need to negotiate, even though that you know, I'm I'm happy with the price. Yeah. But they need to come back and somewhat. I think that's just more in their head that they got a deal there. So just play with it. Just figure it out and just ask them. Like communication is key here. So in that, it's almost like knowing in advance or getting ahead of the game and understanding if they're going to come back, like being prepared in advance for whatever. That, that's for- one. But a lot of people think pricing is like you're not going to Walmart and buying like a Coca-Cola product, mm-hmm. right? This is like, you got service. You, there's, there's a little, you know, negotiation there. It's just the way that whole game works. Yeah. So if somebody's negotiating the price, I'm, I'm happy to hear them because mm-hmm. I got the power of saying no, Yeah. right? Just the way I do it. From Andrea, have you ever turned down a potential client? Why and what angle did you take in telling them no? I, I've turned down a lot of clients. I think I turned down clients on a weekly basis, sometimes daily basis. Number one is because I can't add them any value. I would say that's my my uh, core one, especially in mortgages. And um, um, if we don't fit my five maxims, if one of those are off, right, I just don't want to work with them. And, you know, I'm straight up and like, look, you know, we're, we, we will not, uh, first of all, on, uh, if I can't add them any value and that service is not something I provide, I'll let them know. Like, unfortunately, sorry, this is not, I'm not specializing on this side. Uh, you should be talking to somebody else. And here's a list of a few people that you mm-hmm. should contact. Great. And then uh, um, others, if we're not aligned based on my maxims, I just say, you know, straight up. Uh, like, unfortunately, I, I don't have the time to work with you. And uh, here are the reasons. Mm-hmm. Short, simple, and... Leave it there. Don't waste anyone's time and, and move forward. Do you ever give fake reasons? Like if someone's potentially going to be a nightmare, do you? Yeah. And so you don't I want got, to tell them that they're going to yeah, be a nightmare? Like, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just too busy. Or I'm going on vacation. You ever tell someone that, no, you don't want to deal with them because you're an asshole? Oh, well, many times. Yeah. Yeah. You know I me. Mean? I don't really hold back on mm-hmm. a lot of the things. Mm-hmm. I don't care how big or small or whose mom you are or, you know, who your big brother is. I don't, I don't fucking care. So I just don't want to deal with you. I'm going to piggyback off of that question with the next question, which is from Maria. It's how do you know when you should let a client go? F- Maria, for me, it's uh, for TFS. Uh, I know when I send out an application, most of our deals are quite rushed. They want funding in within four, five, six days. So if I don't get the whole package back within 24 hours, I know they're wasting time. That's that's just the way I know. Mm-hmm. If uh, if I give somebody a, if somebody's like rushing me to get a quote and they get a quote and then all of a sudden they're not returning our calls or returning emails, we know that they're probably shopping us around somewhere or 
doing something else. So these are things that you'll kind of kind of learn over the over the time. And then at that stage, you just kind of make your uh, decision that this is a this is a, this one's a write-off, or uh, um, you know, chances of this one closing is slim to none. Slim to none. But don't piss them off, right? Yeah. Because you don't know, right? Maybe you get another referral from them for something else. Or maybe they'll come back down the road and have another deal or something. Yeah. yeah. Some people just feel bad. Like, okay, you know what? It was too expensive. I went with somebody cheaper. Or, you know, I didn't go with somebody cheaper, but I went with this person because this is the person my, my parents or my sibling or what, whatever. Somebody else uh, uh, requested and I need to give, you know, do this for them. And But who knows? You know, they might be at a dinner party. Hey, talk to this Sunil guy. Talk to Karen or talk to whoever. Uh, because... They gave great service. Unfortunately, I just couldn't use them, but I think you can. Mm-hmm. Next question from PJ. How do you communicate with clients at scale regularly? My agency now my agency now has almost 70 clients. We brought on 15 just this week. I have a full-time project manager who I've been working with for 10 months. She's amazing and works hard, but as we get bigger, her and I are spread so thin that everyone is get, not, not everyone is getting constant attention communication. We're starting to hear frustration from clients that they don't feel in the loop. On days like today, my inbox blows up with clients wanting updates, and I just can't keep up with it all and stay sane. So the question is, how do you communicate with clients at scale regularly? Um, I think they need to hire more, but I, I would actually go deeper in that one. So if, if their clientele base, 70 clients, right? So look at 70 clients and see how much you're, uh, uh, you're billing them. And then instead of you know having seventy, could you have seven clients, or could you have ten clients that are that will pay more, mm. right? And now you don't have a large agency; you're just dealing with bigger size companies, mm-hmm. right? So there's two ways to go here: you just gotta hire more, right, to maintain that seventy, or you need to uh, uh, change your business dem- demographic, the clientele demographic that you have, to a uh, to a more established, more, uh, you know, bigger business. And instead of doing 70, you do 10, 12, 7. Yeah. Right? And those are the two ways that I would I would scale that. Look, you know, mortgage business, you can do uh, 50, you know, $350,000 deals. Or you can do, you know, 10 uh, $3 million deals. Mm-hmm. Same amount of work. Yeah. Right? Just same amount of work. And last question from Yuri. What's the weirdest thing a client has ever done to you? Yuri, I, you got me there. I, I have no idea, man. I don't, I don't have crazy stories. Weird client stories? No. I, I don't really have. No, mine's simple. Like, I got a house. I need the financing. All right, fine. Here, send the paperwork. Half these guys can't even speak English, right? They just send it over and, like, do stuff and send it back to them. Like, there you go. And that's it. Has anything ever got lost in translation in terms of the language barriers? There was one. Actually, yeah, yeah, okay. There so this is go. back in the construction days. So we go to a house. We had to. So I, I had a company where we were buying homes. We were buying condos and uh, in townhouses and homes in the Vancouver area. We were renovating it and selling it off. So we're in the flipping game. But I had a team with me. So when I don't have a project, we will we will go and uh, uh, get get jobs, right? So we're doing flooring, tiling, we're, you know, G, like general contracting, small repairs. So we go to the house and it was, uh, as a gentleman, he's like, we, I want a hallway, I, I want uh, um, like hardware flooring put in the, in the hall, right? I'm like, 
all right, cool, we'll, we'll do it. And then my guy's like, why does this guy want hardwood floors put in the hall? Right? Like, we're not getting it, right? So we ripped the whole carpet up. We were putting it like, this, this doesn't make sense. We're putting in the living room, right? Why, why put this? Anyways, hours later, this guy comes home, right? He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're putting hardwood like you told us to. And he's like, I told you to put in the hall. I'm like, yeah, we're putting in the hallway. He's like, the hall. I'm like, this is the hallway. He goes, this is the hall. I'm like, that's the living room. I guess where he's from, the living room is called the hall. (laughs) (laughs) So that cost me. (laughs) That that cost me. But anyway, so we got the, we we did the hallway and the the living room. (laughs) There you go. It's good. Yeah. So I had to... uh, language yeah he's like oh that's what you call them like yeah he's like yeah i kept hearing living room living like what's the living room like people live in a room <laughs> like why don't they sleep in the bedroom like uh, <laughs> that's what they called it here right there you go Yuri. Right. You, even you like washrooms story. bathroom toilet yeah there's all different you know like what do they call it here is it restroom uh, or is it bathroom wa- washroom bathroom? i don't know because i know in the states they call it restroom rest Restroom, yeah. Yeah, restroom. In Australia, they call it toilet. I think that's that, that's a gross name. I'm going to go to the toilet. Like, no, I, you don't need to tell me what you're doing. That's what people, it's always just like Australians, eh? Just like, they don't need to know. They don't need to wash. They just need, where's your toilet? <laughs> I need a, I need something. I just need a bowl. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not even... A, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just languages in, in yeah. different... Uh, uh, different countries, right? Like hall, hallway. Yeah, like, there's you know, a lesson right? for construction workers there and construction companies. <laughs> like, all right, you you're, you're, right. You're, the, you're the boss. You're paying the bill. Like, I'm doing it. And, yeah, I had to take care of that bill. Uh, shit. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, make sure you check us out, tom- uh, not tomorrow, on Friday. I think uh, you guys will love, especially if you're in the real estate uh, mortgage business, you'll get a lot of value out of our podcast on Friday. Have a good one. <laughs>